0: I'd like to welcome you all here this morning we'll begin the service we'll sing <clears throat> number 44 the way of the cross leads home number 44 <laughs> In the beginning of the service here, I will mention that we will have our business meeting here tomorrow night at 8 o'clock for our monthly meeting. I hope that we've all come out here this morning with a mind to want to know more about and how that we can walk closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As we just sung, the way of the cross leads home, having full faith. And what he did when he came here to the earth and he overcame all things for us. And by believing in that and repenting of our sins, believing in Jesus Christ, full faith and trust in him and repenting of our sins, then we can know the way home. And that's the way of that eternal home. As a psalmist, I believe, calls it the long home, that all men will go to the long home. And it doesn't matter where we come from, rich or poor, whoever you might be, we're going to all go to that same place to stand before Jesus Christ. And we talked a lot about that recently. And then the righteous will be on the right and the unjust and the evil on on the left. We'll all stand there. We'll all be at that event. I want us to keep thinking about that because we have that opportunity today to stand there with confidence because Jesus Christ lived and he died and he overcame it all. And there's no excuse for us not being able to overcome Satan while we're here upon the earth and to live a life That would be acceptable to our Lord and Savior and God the Father. And I know and understand that that salvation comes by faith and repentance. But when we get that new birth, then we're made a new man, a new creature. And there will be new works within you. And there will be works, there will be godly works, there will be righteous works. The old man is put away, the new man now is there for us all to be a part of and to have that eternal life through Him. We've turned into Luke this morning, we've opened to Luke, and I'd like to read a little in Luke. The 21st chapter of Luke. We'll just start reading there at the 46th verse of the 20th chapter. He says, Beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and the high seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms at feast, which devour widows' houses and for a show make long prayers. The same shall receive greater damnation. Now, I want us to think about what he was just speaking there. He was talking to an audience of the people, different people that was there. But he was giving them a warning. And this same warning that was given to them in that day should be to us also. It is to us. And we should take heed to these things. But listen again. He says, beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and highest seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms at feast. He just said, these were people, they were self-righteous people that felt like that they had a knowledge, but they knew nothing when it came right down to it about the truth of Jesus Christ. He says, now you be careful with these things, even though that they were acting out the part of people, of religious people in that day. And we can see those things happen today and it can be right in our life if we aren't careful. That we can act out the part of being a religious person. We can come out to church and we can look like that what we're doing. But then when the week starts, when the Monday comes around and throughout that week, what are we living? How are we living? Are we still Have that desire to follow him and are we still, it doesn't matter who is around or what, we are living in a way that could be acceptable to Jesus Christ. And he was saying just be aware of these things and be careful there that you let no man deceive you. He brings that in many places throughout the Bible to let no man deceive you. He says, they devour widows' houses, and for a show make long prayers. The same shall receive greater damnation. Now this is some of those same type people that what he says there when he said that they would come, and he'd say they would tell him all about how we cast out devils, we taught your name in the streets, and all these things. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. These people here felt like that they were really walking with God, but they were doing it self-righteously and did not understand at all what they were doing there. The same, he says, shall receive greater damnation. And he looked up and he saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in feather two mites. Look at all these people. Again, they were there in the temple. They felt like that they were really doing the work that God was asking them to do in that day. And yes, God was asking them to give and to help along with the ministry in that day to give and to help. Just as we should do those same things today that we should give of what he has given to us so that we can help others in whatever way that it might be. But they were doing it there in a way so that people could see what they were doing. And we have it here so that you can make your donations very discreetly. And it it is not a show. But these men here, they were rich men and they were casting their gifts into the treasure, I believe, trying to make a show of it so that it would look like, look what we're doing here on the earth. We should never do those things. And this had that poor widow then that came in. And these men had plenty, but then they were casting their gifts there. But the poor widow came in, and she just had two very small coins, just a very small amount of money that she put into that treasure. And I want you to listen to what Jesus had to say about these things. And I want us to see, is this in our life? Is this is how we conduct ourselves? Are we doing these things? Are we living and doing our alms to ourselves in secret instead of openly that we might gain praise from men instead of getting praise from God? He says, do it secretly and God shall reward you openly. He says, and he said, of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all of these of their abundance hath cast into the offerings of God. But she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. And friends, that's what it takes for each and every one of us. He was talking about something here that natural part that they were doing, but I believe he was also showing them and letting them understand what it takes for us to be able to walk with him, to have that new birth, to have our alms being agreed upon and being seen before God the Father and Jesus Christ. It says, But she of her penury hath cast in all the living that hath. Now we... Spiritually, when we look upon ourselves and we see that we are nothing and we have nothing, we are in a lost condition here. And we have to go then and put it all in, put all of our faith and trust and our life into the hands of Jesus Christ. And then we can receive what he has promised. He he says then we can come out and we can... Do all manner of things here. But if we don't put it all into his hands, what good is it going to do? These men were casting in of their abundance, he said. But this lady was putting it all in. And she was justified more than the others. This poor widow of a truth, I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. Let's be sure that what we're doing is putting it all into the hands of him. And as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said, as for these things which you behold, the days will come into which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. They wanted to look upon all the magnificence of that building there. And he just wanted to remind them and to tell them, I believe that the message that I get in that is don't put your faith and trust and don't put a lot of pride and things into the natural things here upon the earth. All of these things will be done away with. And this was done away, that great temple was done away just a few years after that. I believe it was destroyed about 70 years after that Christ was here upon the earth or in the year of 70. I believe that that's when it was done that it was destroyed but all the things that we look upon here that we may feel like that is so good and that we put all the effort into to try to get and we have it we have such great pride in it it's gonna all be done away it is natural these things are temporary here upon the earth that we can use while we're here But just go back and look. We see things and people have it here for a while and then it's destroyed or it ages out, whatever it might be. But there will come a time though when all of this earth will be destroyed and God will make a new earth and a new heaven. And that's where the righteous will be at that time. There with God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, that new Jerusalem, that new city, That is where we should all be looking forward to today. And not putting too much pride and effort into the things of this world, but making sure that we're walking with God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And they ask him, say, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, take heed that ye be not deceived and here he's bringing this up we talk about it and then we just talked about it a little while ago but this is a warning that he has to all of us he just said now they were asking him a question when are these things going to happen the first thing Jesus told them there take heed that ye be not deceived and we can be. that You can be deceived today. But his word is the truth. Hear his word. Live by his word. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Go ye not after. Go you not therefore after them. Be careful where you go, what you hear, and what you adhere to. Take heed that ye be not deceived. Satan is a deceitful being. And you know something, I was just I was reading some recently in the very beginning of the Bible there in Genesis. And talking about and looking about how God created this, this world. And everything was perfect. And he says, and it was good. If God said it was good, it was perfect. God did not do anything that was not right. And He created all these things, and then He created man. And He put him here upon the earth, gave him the garden, gave him all that He needed, told him how He could live there. And then He saw that He needed a helpmate, that all the other animals, there was male and female, but Adam didn't have one. So He took a rib. And he made a woman. And I was just thinking as I was reading these things. How beautiful that woman would have been. A perfect being that God had created. How beautiful. And each and every one of us today bear that same resemblance from God. He created you. He created me. And in whatever way, we are wonderfully and fearfully made. But God made that beautiful woman. And Adam and Eve were together there and enjoying life. And Satan comes along. And we see how deceitful that he is. And they're all that they had, all that they could desire. They had Adam and Eve, but Satan comes along and try and starts planting things in their mind that you won't die if you eat of this. And Eve had told him, "We can eat of all that's in here. We have this beautiful garden." Visualize these things in your mind that what they had. And Satan coming there in the form of the serpent and telling them, why don't you eat of this and then you will have you will be just as God and she partook of it and gave it to her husband and he partook of it and immediately they saw then that there was something wrong. They realized that we were naked. And God comes in. And He asks, Where are you, Adam? God knew where they were. But He asks that question. He says, Why are you hiding? Because we were fearful of you. We heard you coming. Why would you be fearful? Because they had let Satan deceive them. Even though God had made all these things beautiful. And we can look around today and we see this, these bodies that God has given to us. And how wonderful they are. Do we use that to the honor and glory to God? Do we dress that? Do we adorn these bodies? To make us look more righteously, to more godly? Or do we do things so that we can look more worldly? I want you to ask a question of those things. Answer that in your mind. Are you doing and are you living and are you using that body? God made a godly body there with Adam and Eve. And they fail. He has given you and me a godly body. And if we have received that new birth, that body is the temple of the living God. Because he's given you that spirit. The spirit of God now living in that. Do you want to take it and make it look more like Satan? Or do you want to be constantly aware of what you're doing with that body and that you want it to look more like the temple of God? And he was warning these people here, I believe, about these, those type things. It's don't let that be what is so interesting to you and what is, is on your mind of what can I do to look more like the world and all of these fancy things here. Let's let the Lord direct you in how and what you do to this body and what you do to all the things that you might have. Are you doing it to the honor and glory of Jesus Christ? And are you doing it so that not to bring attention to you from man that you are trying to live or trying to look godly, but just doing it so that it brings that attention to God the Father and Jesus Christ that we want to live like you want us to live. Not trying to bring attention to our own individual self of look who we are. That's what these scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees were doing in those days is they wanted people to look upon them and see how religious they were and how they dressed and the things that we do. That's not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about using this body and dressing it and adorning it and everything else that we have and that we do the way that Jesus Christ would have us to do so that we can let that light shine, that new birth, that new spirit, let it shine that others may be able to see the good works that's done in you is what Jesus Christ said and give God the honor and the glory, not you because it's nothing that you've done. It is that free gift. But just think about. And then as they went on, then when God was questioning them then, what did Eve do? She didn't take responsibility for what she did. Her fault, her talk was this. The serpent came and he told me and he gave me this and told me to eat of it, and I did. She was blaming him for it. And I gave it to my husband. Adam said, Eve gave it to me and I partook of it. Let's all take full responsibility for our deeds, for what we do. And repent of our sins and admit directly to Jesus Christ. And he says he is quick. His Father is quick to forgive us our sins. He is there, he said, we read last week about he's there at the right hand of the Father praying for you and for me. What a wonderful advocate. You know something? If we were in trouble here upon the earth, a lot of people do what they want to do is to go find an attorney. And they want to get the very best attorney that they can find if they do. Well, let me tell you something. We have that advocate. The very best advocate there is no other here upon the earth that could be a better advocate for you and me. Standing there before God the Father for us than Jesus Christ. Isn't that a wonderful and encouraging thing to think about this morning? Of how He is there for us. And He will be and He'll continue all the way until the end he will not let you down he will be there until the end abide with him then said he unto them or oh, i'm sorry i'll skip the verse there but when you shall hear of wars and commotions be not terrified For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. And he was just, again, just telling them about how man will be conducting himself all the way along from now until the end of the world. He says, you're going to hear of all manner of things going on, of wars and commotions. But he says, don't be terrified. And I think he was just wanting them to understand that I will be with you. Doesn't matter what comes upon you naturally. Put your faith and trust in me and I will be with you and I will never allow anything to come upon you but what there is a way for you to escape. There will be a way for you to go through it. When we see our sins, admit them and repent and see victory in Jesus Christ. But you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and to prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom." Which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or resist. Now, he was just bringing their, to their attention the things that was going to happen. And we have seen these things happen and they are happening even still here upon the earth. We just happen to live in a part of a, a part of the world where that we are not persecuted near like what other people are in some of the other parts of the world are today. But these people that he was talking to in that day, his disciples and others, they were persecuted and every one of them except John, I believe, was put to death, a martyr's death there. But he says, just remember, he says that all of these things are going to be taking place. You're going to see them. You're going to know that those things are taking place here. But he says, but before all these, before the end of time, and before all of this happens, he says, they will, shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up into the synagogues and prisons and being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And this was people doing these things in the name of God. When we go back and we look and we see who has persecuted the true Christians here upon the earth. The true Christians have been persecuted probably more by people proclaiming to be followers of God than any other. You can go back and even look in the four or five hundred years ago and even back further on that. The church was who was persecuting people who proclaimed to be Christians because they were not following what the church in that day was proclaiming. But the church was wrong in those days. There was people that could see and come out. The Bible had been put into some of them's hands. They were able to read and to see what was right. The man-made system there that was called that I was calling the church there, was not right. It was the true church of Jesus Christ, the spiritual church of Christ, that was right. That's who he's talking about here that would be persecuted. Those that was following the true gospel of Jesus Christ, that's who was going to be persecuted. That's who they would be bringing before kings and rulers. And he says it will turn to you for a testimony. Your life will be a testimony to you and you'll be able to give your testimony to them. Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. You don't have to be worried about those things. You don't have to be trying to figure out what you might say. That's what Christ was warning these people and just telling them. What he was telling them was that have that new birth, have that connection with Jesus Christ. And how many times have we talked about it recently? He said, I will write it in your mind and I'll put it into your heart. And that's what he's talking about right here. Settle it there in it, therefore, in your hearts, not to meditate before what you answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom. That's Jesus Christ saying that. I will give to you a mouth and wisdom that you are able to have and discern the truths of God and that you are able then to speak His words, the truths of God, to whoever and to wherever it needs to be so that others may be able to understand and know and to see how Jesus Christ can save us from our sins. For I will give you the mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. That's a powerful knowledge and a powerful mouth. Words that he's saying that I will give you that all of your adversaries, all that Satan has to try to put against you will not be able to overcome you. Your adversaries will not be able to gainsay nor resist the words that you are saying, and they will not be able to overcome those words. Those words are the truths of God. Because it's coming. Listen who that's red letter words. This is words that Jesus Christ says that I'm going to give you this when that happens. And he can give it to us today so that you know and you can understand and you can have power over Satan. Remember that He is a God of power, not a God of weakness. He says, I'll give to you that spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, not a spirit of weakness. That's the promise that He has given to us. And you shall be hated of all men. I'm sorry, I skipped the birth. And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren, and kinsfolk, and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. But even so, if that is the case with us, if we are lost and if if we are taken away from all of our family or whatever because of the Word of God, He has told us, and I believe we read that last Sunday, about how that we must hate our father, our mother, our brother, our sister, our children, our wife, whatever it means. And he's not saying that we have to hate them. We still have to have a love for them. But what he's telling us there is that we have to put them second. We cannot put that first and foremost. But we've got to love Jesus Christ and God the Father first and foremost and then take care of our situations in our family and with our wife and our children and he also tells us that we must respect and we must obey our parents and hear those things but here he's just warning them that even though Satan so close to you can come so close right into you that your parents your brother and your kinfolks your friends and I know I have seen these things happen over the years. Very close. Somebody go away and somebody there not betraying them to death, but betraying them and telling them, talking and putting forth false doctrine that would, that would go against the truths of Jesus Christ. And he says, this will happen. He was warning these things. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. The world hates. Satan hates Jesus Christ. He hates the righteous. He wants to do everything that he can to destroy them. Naturally or whatever. If he can destroy your name here upon the earth, whatever. He hates you. And don't feel like that you are immune to Satan. We can have power over him, but he will also always have access to you. But just remember that you've got the power of God to overcome him. Just remember that our Lord and Savior was tempted by Satan. In every single thing that you and I can be tempted in, Jesus was tempted in it and he overcame it. And by him living and by him doing that, we can have that same power today. In your but be there, but there shall not an hair of your head perish. In your patience possess you your souls. We talked about patience recently, a lot. Have we been thinking about those things? Has that been on our mind? And and am I trying to be more patient and walk closer to Jesus Christ? Just be patient. Wait upon Him. Wait upon Him. Don't try to get ahead. Just put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and wait upon Him. He will direct you. He We just read there, He says, I will give to you a mouth and wisdom. Do you believe that? He says, I will give to you a new birth. Do you believe it? I will take away your sins if you repent. Do you believe it? Have you the patience to wait upon him? But there shall not a hair of your head perish. He knows all about you. The little sparrows. He knows all about them. And if he takes care of them, he's going to take care of his children, his people here upon the earth. In your patience, Possess ye your souls. Again, these are words that our Lord and Savior has spoken to these people. In your patience, possess ye your souls. Are you patiently waiting upon Him? Are you patiently asking Him? Are you patiently praying to Him? And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Now I believe he's talking about the things that he's talking about here is that destruction of Jerusalem and the temple that happened a few years after Christ was here upon the earth. He says, when you see these things, he says, know that the desolation thereof is near. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let them which are in the midst of it depart out and let them that are in the countries let them let not them that are in the countries enter there into. Just get away from Jerusalem is what he was saying. If you can leave that, let that get away because it is going to be destroyed. And it was destroyed. The Romans came in and it was they said that there was blood running in the streets. It was such a terrible thing and how they were killing the people, the Jews, in that day and Christians, how they were destroying them. And he was just warning them, when you see those things, flee away from Jerusalem, flee to the mountains, flee wherever. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that were child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in, that, in the land, and wrath upon his people, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now, I want you to think about all of these things. Let's go back a few years from what he was here when Christ was here upon the earth. He had given them this land. He had promised it through Abraham that he was going to give them this. He came here. They were down in Egypt, his people were. He brought them out of that, out of bondage and brought them into this wonderful and beautiful land of milk and honey. But you know how they were disobedient to him all the way along. But he still fulfilled his promise to them. To those that would follow him, there was a lot of them that fell in the wilderness and were destroyed There was a lot of them that never went into that land of promise because of their disobedience right in the beginning and because their lack of faith that what God was going to do for them. He had promised, I'm going to bring you out and I'm going to carry you and I'm going to give you this land. He carried them right through the Red Sea with the walls of water there on dry land. He brought them on through and went in and he sent the spies out to go out to spy out to let the land. They came back and they said, no, we can't go into there. They had forgotten what God had just done for them. They are mighty people. They will destroy us. All but two of those spies that went out and they told, yes, let's go in now and let's take it. We can. God will do it for us. But they overrode those two men and by their disobedience they traveled around through the wilderness there for 40 years before they were ever able to go into there and all of the men that was there that was over i believe 20 21 years of age at that time they were they passed away through that 40 years except Caleb and Joshua, and they did not get to go into that promised land because of their disobedience and lack of faith in what God had told them and what He was telling them to do in that day. That's why they would not... This wonderful now, all of this, as you can see as they came on up through the period of time, how that... By being disobedient, they had lost that land, basically. They had even lost it here. They were under Roman rule. Romans had come in and taken over all of these things. They had lost control of what God had given to them. And here, by their disobedience, and now they had refused to believe in Jesus Christ, The Jews had, and here he was going to further throw down this temple. He was going to destroy this, and he did. God destroyed that. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. All of these things were being done the way I look at it because of disobedience and lack of faith in God. And it had been started back hundreds of years before and come on up through. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. And I believe and I know that we can see that today. Because He lived here upon the earth and because He says, I am going back to my Father. And I will send to you a comforter and I will send to you that new spirit. That's the power of God. And then in the end of the world, right? And it could be very close to us. I don't know. And it should not matter. It does not matter to me when the end comes. I just want to be walking with Him daily so that if it comes with me today that would be the most wonderful day of my life to be able to leave and to go into that eternal home that long home with jesus christ but he says there that men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming upon the earth and all these things have been happened and men hearts failing them for the fear of that for fear of death and for fear of what might take place. But people today, they don't even have that in a lot of cases because they don't fear hell because they do not believe in hell. They don't believe in a heaven. They don't believe in hell. But there is, there is a God of heaven. And there is a devil of hell. And that God in heaven has the power to redeem you from that and to give you everlasting life and He also has the power to cast you into eternal damnation if we do not accept Jesus Christ. And He can take away, there is no hearts failing the righteous for fear. They are not looking fearfully toward death but they are looking on just as Paul said to die is gain and that's the way we need to be looking upon it to leave this world to die is great gain to the righteous and that is the only way that we can receive the reward that he has promised to give to us is to leave this world but we should be ready and yes I enjoy life We ought to all enjoy life and and want to stay here as long as He wants us to live here. But let's enjoy it because we are following Jesus Christ. He says, I will give you peace. I will give you joy. I will comfort you. And that's all through Him. Not through us at all. But through Him, Jesus Christ. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And we can all see that in our clouded mind today before we receive Him. When we get that earnest of the Spirit, we get enough and we understand and know that He is coming with power into our lives and great glory given to Him. And we will all bow to Him. We will all see to that. See that great power and that great glory. Now are we going to accept Him now so that we can use that and we can be with Him throughout eternity? Or are we going to not accept Him and be banished away from Him? And when these things began to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth near when these things began to come to pass then look up he says don't be downcast Look up. We can look around and see how wicked and what is going on all over the world today, and all of these things wars and commotions and all manner of things that we can see. But if you've got what he says, if you have received that new birth, he says, Look up, be encouraged. For your redemption, being redeemed out of this life into eternal life, is near. Isn't that wonderful to think about? And we can get off of this sin-cursed earth. Get away from all temptations of Satan. Because our redemption through Jesus Christ is drawing near. And you've heard me so many times say what Paul said, that he fought a good fight. He had kept that faith. And he says, henceforth there is a crown of righteousness laid up for me. And Paul understood that and he was looking and he was looking up to that. He was wanting to be able to receive that, to be clothed upon with that spiritual body. And when these things began to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth near. And he spake to them a parable. Behold, the fig tree and all the figs. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know that your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. And we can see that and we can understand these things just naturally. When we see in the springtime, we see that winter has gone. The weather starts warming up and we see the buds start coming out upon the trees. He refers to the fig tree there and all the trees, he says. And we've seen that, every one of us. We can understand that. When they now shoot forth, you see and know that your own self at summer is nigh at hand. He just, bringing this to our attention. You know that. Everybody here that's an adult would know that. That when the leaves and the buds start coming out, that summer is almost here. And there will be a time of abundance. There will be a time when summer comes that all the things that we are hearing, that we have been growing and that we are using, we will be able to use that and it will come to to help us on our journey here upon the life. And now I believe he's telling us these things so that we can understand the spiritual part. Listen to what he says in that 31st verse. So likewise ye, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Now I want to say that's... I can look at that as as two different things. He says, when you see these things coming to pass in your life, he says, know that the kingdom of God is not at hand. Know that in yourself, that the kingdom of God and the way I look upon the kingdom of God, that is in you. And he says, to preach the kingdom of God, to teach the kingdom of God, all of these things. That is where that we should be teaching and preaching about Jesus Christ and the truths of God, what He would ask for us to do while we were here upon the earth, how He wants us to live our life in honor and glory to Him. He says that know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand, and we can also, as we see the world ripening up, and we see all these things taking heed the all the wickedness that's going on upon the earth today. He says, you see these things happening. He says, no, that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. And it could very well mean that The kingdom, His kingdom of Him coming back here and establishing His righteous kingdom here upon the earth with the righteous for a thousand years during that millennial period of time where Satan is banished into that pit to know to not be here at all tempting anybody. Know that that kingdom is near. And we ought to be wanting that to come saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But woe unto them that are with child. I'm sorry, I've read those. And <clears throat> verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. And I believe he's talking about there the generation of the righteous all the way along from Jesus Christ all the way to here. That generation, there will be righteous people here upon the earth all the way until the end of time. And listen here, he says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And he's talking about this heaven that we know today and that we know of this earth. And he tells us in Revelations there that that old earth and the old heaven will pass away and a new earth and a new heaven will be made by God the Father at that time. And I believe that while we're here with Christ there in that kingdom there with Him, We'll be here for a thousand years with him, the righteous. The evil and the unjust are somewhere in a in a different place. Some of them I believe is already cast into torment. Those that profess to be Christians, those profess God but were deceivers, those that were not following him, but profess those things, I believe that they will go on into torment when Christ comes back here to the earth and will be there during that thousand-year millennial period. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. These are the words of Jesus Christ that we're reading and talking about. All of those things will take place here upon the earth. His words, His truths will stand time and eternity, friends. So let's take heed, just as He said. When I looked down, I started saying, take heed. What is the next verse? And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. Isn't that a... Listen to what He's warning us about. And I believe He's telling people there, now listen, you've known this. You've heard these words. He says, now take heed to that. Take heed to yourselves, to your life. As Paul said, I must stay under this body and bring it under subjection. He was taking heed to himself. And bringing it unto the subjection of the Spirit. Lest at any time your heart, at any time you allow Satan to come in and still a march upon you. And be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. Just being overcharged with the things of this world. Putting that above all other things, wanting to entertain this body, wanting to do whatever this body wants instead of following Jesus Christ. Drunk on the things of this world and the cares of this life and what takes place with that. You let those things take up your mind and and you forget about the message. You forget about the journey of Christ. And all of a sudden now you see that I am at the end of my life. And do I have hope? What do I see? Am I in darkness? Have I let that light go out? That light of righteousness that Christ gave to us. Have I allowed it? To grow dim. And I cannot see that light of God. And what he says, he says, when we, if that eye, if our eye is singled upon that and we are full of that, then we are full of light. And there is no part darkness within us. But he says, if we do have that darkness, if that eye is in darkness, he says, how great that darkness is. It is so great that you cannot see and understand at all spiritually. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with surfeiting and drink, drunkenness, and cares of this life. Now, just apply that right to our own self, friends. What are we searching for? So that that day come upon you unawares? I want to be fully aware of every day and I want to be fully aware of walking with Jesus Christ so that I am not deceived. For a snare shall come for a snare shall it for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. What was a snare? A snare was a trap. They would put a trap out to catch animals or birds or whatever so that they could destroy them, so that they could use them. And that's what he's saying here, that if we can take heed, if we don't take heed then that day is going to come upon you unaware just as the animal does not is not aware of that trap, that snare, and they go right into it and they are captured. And if we are not letting that Spirit of God direct us in everything and lead God and direct us all the way through, then we will just, that snare that Satan has there, we will just, walk right into it, unawares, he says. Because we are not listening to that still, small voice. We are not listening. We don't have the ears to hear or eyes to see. And it's all because we are not doing it ourselves. We are not using it. Because we can have it. Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ, He made a way that each and every one of us can stand before Him with confidence. And we can see victory in Jesus. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And I want us all to understand that today. I want each and every one of us to do as he says, watch. You know, Eve should have been watching and seeing. Now wait a minute, God has told me this. And look what God has given to me. I'm not going to listen to what This serpent's telling me. Look what God has given to us. Given to us that new birth. Given to us mercy, peace, love, a sound mind. All of these things. That's what He has given to us. And now He's telling us, now watch. Use all these things that I have given to you that you can overcome and you can watch and you can be privy of how deceitful Satan is and you can discern those things. What is right from what is almost right. Because Satan can quote you Scriptures and he can want to lead you away just part of what the truth is and lead you right away. And that's what He can do if we will allow Him. But you don't have to allow Him. Now he says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always. What was our Lord and Savior doing? When He would go out, He would speak, and He would talk to people, and He would go out, but then he would be He would go out and pray. What was He doing right there the night that He was arrested? He said his heart was greatly in sorrow. But what did he do? He went out. He carried his disciples with him out to a garden alone. And he went out there and he fell down and he prayed to God, his Father, earnestly praying, God, Father, if it's Your will that I don't have to go through this, He says, let it be. But he says, not my will, but thine be done. And he prayed those things and he went back there and he saw his disciples and there they were asleep. And him in this so great trouble. Sorrow. And knowing about what was fixing to happen to him. All of this. And that's where he told them also. He says, be awake. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And his spirit today, he is willing to give you that spirit with all its glory and power. But this flesh is weak and Satan can overcome you. But the power of God in that flesh, there is nothing that is impossible. You can overcome all things. Nothing is impossible. Watch you, therefore, and pray always. And I want us to all to be praying for one another. I need your prayers, and you need my prayers. And let's be praying. That we will all come together as one in Jesus Christ in His spiritual church, not in some, not just saying I'm a member of a certain church, but be it one in His spiritual church. That's what it counts. It's not what church it is. It's that that is the church. It's the spiritual church, but it's not what man-made church it is. It's whether or not you are in that spiritual church of Jesus Christ. That's what it all amounts to. That you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. There's only one way that you can escape all the temptations that Satan will bring upon you. There is only one. And that is through Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way. There is only one way to the Father. And that is through me, Jesus Christ. Know that. Understand it. And then you can be accounted worthy. You will be worthy. When you receive that, you'll be worthy of that Spirit. And you'll be, have that power then to escape all of the things that Satan brings against you. And to be able to stand with confidence before Jesus Christ. I want you to think just a little bit about that. That I've mentioned so many times recently that we're going to be there and he says that Jesus Christ is going to come and he's going to sit on his throne and he's going to judge the righteous. He's going to put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. And I believe that those sheep... They're going to understand that, yes, we followed him. We are there and we stand with confidence, knowing that I will be able to go into that. The others are standing there and they don't know what's about to happen because they don't have that confidence. They don't have that new birth, they don't have that power. They have not had it. And they won't have it that day. And they will be standing there naked before Jesus Christ, their sins exposed, and be cast on the left. And the righteous, standing there with confidence and clothed in the blood of Jesus Christ in that white garment, and to be able to go on the right. Into eternal life. And in that day time, he was teaching in the, in the temple. And at night, he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning in the temple for to hear him. How much desire do we have to want to hear his word? He says in the daytime he was teaching in the temple but what did he do in the night he didn't go out to try to be entertained and those things he goes out into the Mount of Olives and I believe he was going out there communicating with his father and maybe his disciples there in some places it talks about them going to to be able to communicate and to know no more about the Father through the Son and how we can live our life. And the people came early in the morning. They had a desire to want to know something. Had a desire to know more about what this man was teaching. My desire is to teach you His Word and to encourage you In his word, to encourage you that you can overcome, to encourage you that you can know Jesus Christ, to encourage you to put away the things of this world. Don't be deceived. He says, take heed to yourselves. Lest at any time your heart be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. Don't let that happen to you. Use that power of God to overcome. It's available. It's been paid for. Use it. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 89, Christ Arose. And if there's someone that might would like to make that commitment to Jesus Christ and make it public, you can do so by coming forward as we sing. Number 89. He arose victorious over death. And I like to think about that in our life and it's what we can do. He says, "Lo, in the grave he lay. Each and every one of us lay in that spiritual death, that spiritual grave when we were born, when we came here. We were in that. We were born in that sin. Jesus Christ is our Savior and He made a way for us now that we can be raised out of that to victory. Only through Him we can be raised from that death, from that grave of sin with a mighty triumph over His foes through the blood of Jesus Christ. He arose victor. You can arise victorious over sin and over Satan. By the blood of this man. They hung him on that cross and they sealed him in that tomb. And they put guards around it. But the power of God raised him. And the power of God can raise you today. That's a promise from Him. Let us pray. To God the Father, thank You for all You've done for us. Thank You for Your wonderful words of life that we can read about, we can talk about, and that we can be encouraged about, and we can be warned about Satan. But knowing that you are there to see victory over that for us how encouraging it can be for us and thank you for what you've given to us and god we just beg as we go through this upcoming week that we're led by you in all that we say and that we do and that we use the things that you've entrusted into our hands to your honor and to your glory And let's all, help us all to live in a way that Your Spirit is shining to give You the honor and the glory. And to overcome that pride of life and the lust of the flesh in us that we can walk with You. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.